Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. everyone. Before I get started talking to our guest today, Star, I wanted to tell you a little bit about something I'm implementing, which is this listener feedback. You can find it on the uh, podcast website, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. There's like a menu item that says listener feedback. And it's basically so I can get to know your demographics for myself, but also guests, because oftentimes I make these broad statements about like who I think my listeners are based on the people I know listen, but that's like a small group of listeners. So it'd be nice to know what the demographics are, but also to get some feedback, like you can fill this out as many times as you want throughout forever that you listen to this, hopefully. And let me know, like, if you hear something, maybe you find it offensive or you really liked a certain episode or whatever it is, like, feel free to just let me know. That's your place to tell me. And if you have additional feedback, I will try to keep it in mind. But I mean, there are some things I'm just not willing to do. So <laughs> it's just it's just not going to happen. But I will do my best to to be able to, you know, make the masses excited. So Anyways, today we are talking to Star, who is a second time podcast guest, and she's also an author, poet, and advocate for those living with mental illness. You see, we met not knowing we each had a mental illness, the same mental illness, actually. <laughs> I actually did not know I had that mental illness when we met. You, I believe, knew, but I, yes. Anyways, we met because we lived in the same area and, and met through the inter people, all the peoples. I don't know. It happened. Do you remember how we met? I believe I joined your like connecting women group. Oh. And I was trying at the time to make like to go to the in-person meetings, but I was like so like anxious and depressed about meeting new people. Yeah. I, I would like RSVP yes. And then like the night of I'd RSVP no because I'm like I uh, it's it's just not happening I can't do yeah. it <laughs> well I mean we met through the interwebs and now we're friends we're internet friends yes. uh, so after being diagnosed with bipolar disorder in 2007 she has been a vocal supporter of self-care so important fighting stigma even more important and creating a better world for mentally ill people to thrive in also super duper important all things that i am also trying to strive in my own life so star thank you so much for coming on the podcast today yes thank you i'm very excited to be back yes i was like how many times has she been on it's only been once i always lose track <laughs> some people have been on like five times um, and actually you and I were both featured on the same podcast, the bipolar girl podcast and mm -hmm. the, um, the, one of the hosts, Rebecca, she has been on the on this podcast three or four times. Like it's, <laughs> that's how I found out about that one was through you. You shared that you had been featured and I was like, Oh, I want to go on that. That would be fun. I also have bipolar disorder. <laughs> it was really funny. Cause I have, I'm, I'm so like just completely out about the fact that I have bipolar disorder. I have plenty of bipolar friends. So a lot of 
um, my bipolar friends were like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool podcast. And then they saw yours and like, you know, it was awesome. So I, I, I was told, so the lady that, uh, I don't like grocery shopping. I'm just going to be honest. I hate it with every fiber of my being. I feel like it's a waste of my time. So I do grocery pickup. <laughs> my grocery store does that and I'll pay the extra couple dollars to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, the lady loading my groceries, uh, it's always the same lady every week, uh, except this last week, I guess she was sick, which is sad, but, um, we were talking, we chat every week and she's like, how are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I've been in a depressive episode for quite a while. And it's really just grating on my nerves. And I hope we find the right medication. And, and she goes, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on a couple of different medications. She's like this, this one helped with my depression. And I was like, yeah, but I got bipolar disorder. So like some things you just can't take there. are people don't know this. There are some antidepressants you can't take with bipolar disorder. Um, yeah, it makes you not good. So she was just like, oh, I have bipolar disorder too. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I feel like bipolar people just attract each other. She was like, the amount of people that I know with bipolar disorder really shouldn't exist. I'm like, well, statistically, no, I should not know as many people as I do, but we just, you know, we kind of attract each other. Absolutely. I I totally agree. And like, it's really weird because I'll like sometimes just, you know, out in the wild, just find someone I click with and I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. And then I'll say something about being bipolar or mentally ill or whatnot. And they're just like, oh man, I'm bipolar too. And I'm like, aha. <laughs> we just give out this energy. It's like a beacon. It's like, come bipolar people. We will be friends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Although I think we just like you know, generally gravitate to other people who have mental illnesses, period. Because in school, we have this group of us that kind of like before class chats up um, and we call it the mentally ill gay group uh, because we're all gay of some kind, whether it is like lesbian or bisexual or whatever. And we all have some sort of mental illness, you know, ranging from PTSD to bipolar disorder to borderline personality disorder. And I was just like, I just feel like, you know, you find those people because they have like a certain sort of energy and you're like, oh, you're my people. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are actually here to, again, talk about mental illness um, because you have recently undergone something pretty, pretty cool. I've heard of it before, um, but I, you are like, I want to share because sometimes we can have mental illnesses that are kind of resistant to certain treatments, right? Like, yes. you know, I am a full proponent of medication, drug me up. I just make my brain function the way it's supposed to, but sometimes you can throw all the medications in the world at it, but it's not going to make a, a significant difference. Right. Absolutely. Um, And with bipolar disorder, we're, we're kind of weird, right? We have like two different ends of the spectrum. We have mania, which you might be able to get under control, but then the depression not under control or vice versa. Like you can't get the, you can get the depression under control, but not the mania. And so there's all these different, like, I I don't I guess alternative treatments, but I don't know if that's really the right word that you can do that can help. Like some people do ketamine injections. That's a, a thing that people that's started being a thing. I don't know if, is that for depression or mania? I don't know. My understanding is because the clinic I went to did um, what I did. And then they also did this bravado, which is the ketamine. Okay. And um, they, I, I believe it was for depression specifically. Okay. 
Yeah. There was one when I was, I was recently. Okay. So one time side note, when I was in the manic episode, um, as people, if they've listened to enough of these episodes about bipolar disorder, know that we have impulsive tendencies, which sometimes is impulse spending. And let's just talk about how weird sometimes this is, is where you get like focused on one thing and you got to get all the things. Well, one time in a manic episode, I got focused on memoirs of people with mental illnesses. I bought like 15 of them, not the same one, 15 different ones on different disorders. But I was just reading one. I was just reading the bipolar ones. And one of them is called Manic. I think I'll link it up. It's called Manic. And um, in it, she was talking about some treatments she had to do um, to like really get things under control because like she was on lithium and it wasn't like it was helping, but not enough and all this stuff. So there are alternative, I guess that's the word I'm going to use. I don't think it's the right word treatments that you can do to help if you're, um, what's going on, not just bipolar disorder, other disorders as well are resistant to like what they typically would treat it. So you tell me, tell me what made you go, oh shit, I need to try something different. Well, honestly, um, I had my first episode of major depression at 17. Mm-hmm. And before that, I had kind of been mildly depressed, but so consistently mildly depressed. I thought that was my baseline. I just thought that was <laughs> normal for me. And you know, I am going to be 38 this year. So I've had, you know, I've lived with depression for 20 years. I've been on all kinds of medication and I still was feeling just depressed. And it wasn't so bad that, you know, I wanted to harm myself or this or that, or like things like that. But I just felt like, oh my gosh, I have to wake up again today. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, I have to get through this day. I just felt like I was dragging myself through life. And it sucks. And I hated it. And finally, I was talking to my therapist and she asked me if I had heard of the TMS treatment. And I said, no. And she, uh, you know, described it to me. And, the, you know, it's basically they put a magnet on your brain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this sounds really weird. I don't know if I trust <laughs> this therapist anymore. This is really strange. And um, but at that point, I was kind of like, what have I got to lose? You know, right. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing would be I'd be right where I am right now. So Mm -hmm. I might as well give it a try. And um, I, you know, Googled, learned a little bit more about it. And um, the thing that I love the best about it is no one really knows completely like how it works. (laughs) don't you love that they're like it works like my mood stabilizer is an epilepsy medication (laughs) but it works for bipolar disorder who the freak knows yeah exactly and I just like I'm like that is such like a a a chaos turn right there I was like that's that's perfect now I really have to do it because you know (laughs) who doesn't want to go put magnets on their brain it'll be great why not exactly exactly so Um, I, uh, had a, uh, consultation with the doctor who runs the program and, um, because, uh, with bipolar disorder, there is a small, tiny chance that it can trigger mania, but since I'm bipolar two and like, you know, more depressed than manic, and I've only ever been hypomanic and I haven't like, I've just been pretty like you know, mildly depressed for years and haven't had a lot of, of hypomanic episodes. 
recently at all, they felt comfortable to move ahead with me doing the, uh, the TMS because TMS only works for depression. Like it will not treat mania or hypomania or anything like that. Right. But I was kind of like, depression is my problem. So perfect. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, see, I, I was diagnosed with bipolar too. However, several things have made us realize that that's probably not the right and it, it's kind of semantics, right? So all you need is one major manic episode to be bipolar one. Only one in your entire life. You don't need to have, like, you can have all hypomanic and one major manic episode in your bipolar one. Um, well, when I was in my 20s, and Jeremy even says in the episode I was telling you about where he came on and talked about being in, married to somebody with bipolar disorder. In my 20s, I definitely had full-blown manic episodes. Like, you know, they talk about how it's life disrupting. I was, I was arrested. I was hospitalized, not in the mental health hospital. Not that that would be a big deal. Cause sometimes I think that would be nice. Uh, <laughs> and like hospitalized, like in the hospital because of shit I was doing. Like you, looking back, I was like knowing what I know. And, you know, cause I, I, I'm not a professional, I will say that, but I take psychology classes and know what I know. And I'm the DSM five definitely had full blown. And Jeremy mentions in his, our episode together about a book that he read that was helpful. And he said, definitely what he read in the book. I had full blown manic episodes. So I have also, I've dealt with depression since I was probably in fourth grade, fourth grade's the longest back I can remember. Um, but like you, it was mild to mild to moderate. Most of my life, it was like a best friend, right? You didn't know it was always there. It just hung out. Um, and it wasn't until I was a teenager and the mania manifested that I had my first real major depressive episode and my first like real, like suicidal ideations. So I can, I can relate to living with depression and just being like, this is my best friend. And then when you go on medication and your best friend's not there, you're like, this is freaking weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah. No, it, it got to the point where like in, um, and this is like a few years ago, I was talking to someone about like, you know, uh, just a, a mood like, oh, don't you hate it when you feel like blah, 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 blah. And they're like, I've never felt like that. Like that's <laughs> not that's not a mood I've ever experienced. And I'm just like, oh, whoops. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess, I guess normal people don't do that. Like, I don't know. But, no. um, but yeah, no, it, it was so pervasive. Um, I was actually, uh, diagnosed in, I want to say 2017 with double depression. What and is double depression? Yeah, it, it gets better and better, right? Um, so that's <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> they told me that my baseline for depression was set below what it should be. So I'm already mildly depressed to begin with. So when I have an episode of like bipolar depression, major depression, it's two depressions on top of one, like what? you know, buy one get one free type thing. Oh my um, god. Yeah. And I'm I was horrified like, right now. Yeah. I was like, that's depressing. It's now double depression is not in the DSM five. And it's, uh, it's kind of like, it's a thing, but not super a thing type thing. Yeah. Like a um, rare thing. It happens to some people. Yeah. Well, it's, mm -hmm. it's, there's also like, kind of like people are still researching it and studying it and trying to understand it. 
Yeah. Which, you know, kind of when I got that diagnosis in 2017, I was kind of like, you know, well, table flip, I guess, I guess we're just stuck with this. And, you know, it was really, really disheartening to, to be like, oh, so my normal is not even normal. Like my normal is low. So when you went on medication, it didn't change. Not, not like it wasn't as severe, but you were still depressed. So I, I first went on medication at 17 with my first episode of major depression. And all it really did was make me gain weight. I gained like 30 pounds in like a month and a half. Holy shit. You know, and as a depressed teenager who was already overweight to begin with, you know, that was really not what I needed at the time. And, um, I, I've been on so many, so many antidepressants and, you know, I got like, you know, mood stabilizers helped. They kind of evened me out. Um, you know, the antipsychotics helped, like I didn't get any of the hypomanic episodes. I wasn't, you know, online shopping my little heart out, uh, for the most part, but Lovely. it's fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. At the it's, time until you get, oh, the yeah, <laughs> oh, it's a great, it's a great time. And then boxes start arriving and you're like, should I hide these? I, but, I, yes, I've been there before. Like, I don't want my spouse to see what I just did. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> and then one time a few years ago, I bought some, some stuff and then like it arrived and I was like, why did I buy this? What was I going to use this for? I couldn't even remember. And it hadn't even been that long. It'd been like maybe a week or two since it arrived, but I was just in such a state that I was just like, no, I have to have this. My life will not continue if I don't have this item. And then I'm just like, what, what is this for? (laughs) I've been there. I've been there. Yes. (sighs) Donating it because I forget to like return it. And it's gone past the time it could be returned. I'm like, what the? What do I do with this? Oh yeah. No, I, I like to buy things on like final sale so they can't be returned. And then, you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm just like, oh, well, I can't take it back. I guess I just have to keep it. And I'm like, no, that's actually not a good idea. That's not what I should be doing. Oh my goodness. So the, the medications help a little bit, but you still had that like baseline depression. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I still, you know, just, and because I had felt mild depression for most of my life, I didn't even associate it with, oh, this is a depression. I just thought, wow, life really sucks for me, you know? And, um, I just kept, kept carrying on just mildly depressed the whole time. Did you have the mild depression with the mania? Did you have like a mixed episode sort of thing, or did it go away when you were hypomanic? So I've, I've had a lot of mixed episodes. I, a mixed episode was when I realized this is not just depression. This is something else. And then yeah. I eventually realized this is bipolar disorder. Right. But um, in, in the mixed episodes, like uh, my, my, my main takeaway from it, it would be, I would feel really depressed. I'd feel really self-destructive. I'd feel really like, you know, none of this matters. I can do anything because nothing matters. Um, and anything like as in destructive stuff. Yeah. Um, and at the same time I had so much energy, like I had the energy to do the destructive stuff, even though I was so depressed. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's not a good combination. 
No, see, I, um, I've, I, I found out I'm a rapid cycler, which is just mean you have more cycles in a year than a typical person does. And so knowing what I know, like, because if you look at the DSM five, it'll tell you how many, how many episodes you will typically have in a year. Well, a rapid cycler has way more or not way more, but more uh, episodes than a typical, which is fine. It's really just an additional term. Like the DSM-5 is so complicated. It has all these additional things. It's like, you could have this, but you got a bipolar with psychosis. You could have a bipolar rapid cycling, a bipolar mixed episode, which people who don't know a mixed episode is you literally are having symptoms of both depression and mania at the same time. Now, not what people will think where you're flipping a switch. No, you are feeling the symptoms. You're not going from like manic to depress it back and forth. They're at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's so it's like, dark depression, the dark mania, minor, yes. minor dark, but light mania. They're fun, but not, not good for my health. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I would not recommend it. Zero out of 10 zero out of 10, none of that. So you're done. So it's been, it's been years. You like you said, uh, 2007 was when you were diagnosed with bipolar disorder and you've just been living with this depression, even during a hypomanic episodes, just forever, just a baseline depression, um, which if nobody's ever experienced depression, it's fucking miserable. And, um, my spouse deals sometimes with mild depression However, like I've asked him, I'm like, do you have levels? And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, you, you don't like have like mild, moderate, severe, like you don't go up and down. And, and he was like, what? And I was like, what, what? There are people who have depression and don't have levels. <laughs> like He just has like, when he's depressed, he just has mild depression, which still freaking sucks. Right. It still mm-hmm. sucks. Like, you know, that's your baseline. It's mild depression. It sucks. But like, I was just baffled. I was like, oh my God, there are people who don't understand that like levels. They don't, I'm just like, I have them like mild, moderate, severe. And then like, oh, beyond severe. Now things are going to get gruesome if we do not fix this. Um, But yeah, I just, it's miserable to be depressed and, and even mildly depressed is miserable. So like what happened after you did the consultation? How did we move forward? So um, they did the consultation, decided that I was indeed a good candidate and we had to get a prior authorization through my insurance company, That's which I was, I was ready to call so many people and just tell them they're indeed going to give me this therapy. But, yeah. uh, but they thankfully chose the easy way out oh, and just yay. let me have the therapy. And um uh, and then uh, we got started. And so it's in person. Um, it starts out five days a week um, for about 20 to 30 minutes at a time, depending on how many times you need to be adjusted and stuff like that. And you just go in and you sit in this little chair and they um, get your head in the right position and they put a magnet on your head and then they turn the magnet on and it just like taps on your head. You just feel a little tapping. Thing. Oh, yeah. So it's not uncomfortable. It's just like, maybe it's, it's, it's tapping. Just, yeah. It's just kind of annoying. It's just kind of like, yeah, that's, that's kind of annoying, but I don't really want to like, it's kind of like when the remotes across the room and you want to change the TV, but you don't want to get up and get the remote. Like it's kind of like that. Yeah. But yeah. So, and it would go on for, um, yeah, 20 to 30 minutes. And then, um, 
uh, you get up and go about your day and there's no uh, uh, side effects when you have it. Um, the like, you know, I always felt fine. Like I, I didn't have an issue. You can feel some lightheadedness. Sometimes you can get headaches. And I was um, concerned about that because I get migraines and mm-hmm. I, you know, honestly, I have not had a migraine in like four or five months, which is unusual for me. Oh. And I don't, I have no idea if that's related. I don't Maybe say it's a good side effect. Knock on wood. <laughs> right. Cause it's, you know, migraines are awful, but, um, but yeah, so, um, so yeah. And then you come in, it's a eight week, uh, course. I, I got a little interrupted because, um, uh, we had, uh, some ice. And the clinic was 45 minutes from me. So I and was explain like, not... where you live and why ice is a big deal. Oh yeah. No, I live in Texas <laughs> and, uh, in Mesquite and, uh, and the, uh, treatment was in Allen, Texas. So it was, it was a bit of a hike. Um, but when it started like icing, I'm like, I'm not driving the Texas interstate. No. In ice. Like they don't treat happening. the roads. They don't No, No, we're, we're not don't. in the North. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, uh, it got a little messed up there, but I made up the sessions and everything. And, um, you know, it was, it was actually like, you know, I, I wasn't sure what to expect the first few times. Cause like the first appointment is a, a mind map. They kind of have to see exactly where your, your, your stuff is in your brain. Yeah. And they, they put you on the, the magnet and then they try to make your thumb on your right hand move. What? Yeah. And they'll, they'll find the part of your brain because apparently the part of your brain that moves your thumb is really close to the part that like deals with depression. So <laughs> yeah, wild. it's like, I, I, I love known. how like none of this makes any sense to me. And I love that. I'm just like, I'm totally here for it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, I did the, the mind mapping and they, you know, they got my thumb to twitch and, uh, you know, everything like, this out. is the spot. This is yeah. the spot. And then, uh, every, uh, I started on a Thursday. So every Thursday I would do a, uh, oh, I forget the name of the questionnaire, but it's the, the like questionnaire for depression basically. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I started out, like I, I was marking a lot of things like, yeah, I'm having problems with this. Yeah. I'm having trouble with this. Yeah. I can't get through the day, blah, 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 blah. And like, I noticed as, um, it was going on, like it wasn't, some people say that it's like a light switch for them, but it wasn't for me. It was like a slow, like all of a sudden, like I noticed things are easier. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going and I can like, I can unload the dishwasher now and I'm not like psyching myself up about it for 30 yeah. minutes. Like, and I'm, you know, I'm able to just do things that I need to do without feeling like, oh God, I, I really have to do this. And, you know, week by week, like I really felt like my, my symptoms just became less and less. And, and it was great. Like I, and of course, like when I started to feel actually like kind of happy, kind of like good, I was like, am I manic? (laughs) Yes. I feel that way. So I was telling you, and I think I've already mentioned, I was in a major depressive episode for like a month, over a month. And like when I, the Latuda, like that is a miracle that made me finally come out of it. Like we tried another, uh, well, Butrin, it didn't work. But anyways, when I started making me feel better, I was like, and then I'm on the phone with Jeremy and I'm talking really fast. And I normally talk fast. Like I'm just a normally fat. And I'm like, am I manic? 
<laughs> I was really concerned that we were going into mania instead, but it, it, I just feel like normal Megan now. And, but I was depressed for so long that I was just like, it was the longest depressive episode I've had in years. Now, mind you before treatment, I, I, it could last months, like six months, you know, whatever, but yeah, it was the longest one in years. And I was just like, I could, I understand I, the whole point is I understand. Cause I started to question like, Am I going into mania right now? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I kind of have this thing where like, I joke about, oh, if I start to feel good, I just worry that I'm manic. Like, yeah. you know, but I really was like, oh snap, am I going the other way? Cause I knew that, you know, it had a rare chance of that happening, but you know, when I like talked about it with my therapist, she's like, no, I think you're just happy. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is what happiness feels like. Yeah. I'm like, this is weird. I need to adjust to this. Yeah. I mean, before, before I got my diagnosis and got treatment, there wasn't a lot of like, nor like quote unquote normal um, times for me. It was either I was manic or I was depressed. There were not a lot of in-betweens for me. So when I first got on medication and like it started to work, I was like, what is this? <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's just strange. It's just weird. And you, I, I remember like we were um, going out to lunch and we were walking past some people that were just like talking and stuff. And I'm like, do they feel like this too sometimes? Right. It's Is this just, how everybody else feels? Yeah. It was blowing my mind. And like, I think a, a big part of it was um, I had really been focusing on like um, doing weekly therapy, I had joined a therapy group that I went to through Zoom and I I really was like, you know, doing the work. And yeah. I think that that definitely helps because I there are so many things I realized about like things I experienced in the past and how it was affecting my present. Yeah. And, you know, I learned so many different coping skills for especially like I have the just an awful inner critic who is just, you know, was always constantly there just telling me everything I did was wrong. And, you know, I started to like fight back a little bit and like, you know, tell them, okay, that's great. You need to leave now. And, you know, and it was really slow progress. Let me tell you that. But it eventually I started to, to realize like, I don't, I don't need to, to harp on myself about all these things that don't matter. I don't need to worry about you know, what does some random person in traffic think about me or stuff right. like that? Like literally anything. And, um, and I, I know that really definitely helps. Cause I know for, there's so many problems that can be solved through treatments and medication, but mm. some of it has to be through inner work, especially yes. through therapy and, uh, talk therapy and things like that, because, I mean, you just, you, there's no pill for self-esteem. The baggage you know? doesn't go away with medication. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. I feel you. Cause like I've had to work, I did EMDR for a little while, uh, which is great. I'll totally go back to it. But I broke up with my therapist uh, one because I only went to her for the EMDR um, because, but with COVID she canceled it and then she never went back to in-person and the tapping that they have you do to do it over zoom. It doesn't work for me. I need like the eye motion in the, <laughs> and 
vibrate. We have fun hobbies. <laughs> we can just get vibrators and like light things. It'll work. I don't know. No, that's not how you have to. They have to walk you through things. But I broke up with her because she kept dismissing my bipolar episode, and she's like, "No, you're not in an episode. Normal people get happy and sad." I'm like, "This is not normal happy and sad. This is bipolar happy and sad." And she's like, "Well, they're too short to really qualify." I'm like, "Cause I'm medicated." Like medication's supposed to make them shorter mm-hmm. and milder and more manageable. And she's like, no, you normal people have, and I'm like, fuck you, I'm out. So I broke up with her. Um, so I need that back. But recently I was like, you know, what were the things that I used to do that made me feel better that I stopped doing? I stopped meditating. I stopped doing yoga, all these things that really made me feel good. And I was just like, I got so far away from them and then I need to come back. So yeah, we have to do therapy. We have to process these things. We have to take care of ourselves. It's Mental illness is this fine balancing act where you have to like do the things, all the things to really be stable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, you know, and the, the thing I hate the most about it is that you always like get to a point when you're like, okay, I've got this, 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 and this, I can juggle them. I can handle them. I'm good. And then someone just throws something else at you and it bounces off your head. Like, yes, there's, there's always something else. And part of like the work I did was not anticipating, but being able to see things coming and being like, okay, that's what I'm going to need to handle next. I can't ignore it. I need to, I need to deal with that. Yes. I'm glad you said that because people think I'm a little crazy, which I am a little crazy because I, you know, it's just this, I can call myself that nobody else can call me crazy. I can call myself crazy. But anyways, with this whole PhD thing, we're coming close to it being done because by the end of April, if I haven't heard anything and haven't received an acceptance, it's dead in the water, right? It's over. And I had to I had to, to prepare myself for the possibility I won't get in somewhere is to create a backup plan and mm-hmm. to have that settled. Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to move forward until I reapply and all that stuff. So I'm glad you said that is looking into the future and saying, this could happen. How do I best prepare myself so I don't lose my complete shit because I did not prepare myself for this thing that might happen? Because if all of a sudden, like, I didn't hear from anybody end of April and I had no idea what I wanted to do, I would... I would lose it. I would just be like a big ball of crying mess. Instead, I need to have that. So I'm glad you said that because some people think I'm like, I'm overreacting by having these plans for the backup. No, I mean, I th- I think it's always good to have backup plans. Like even if, I mean, because you, you never know, you can't look into the future in your crystal ball and be like, oh yeah, like I'm totally going to do this. I'm totally not going to do that. Like you, you don't know. Right. And I, it's so important because when you're making plans, like there's certain things you have to like, you know, whether it's apply for it or get accepted by it or anything like that, you have to do that ahead of time. Yep. So otherwise you're going to have to wait until the next time, it, the next iteration. And sometimes that can be a really, really long time and not particularly time you don't want to be doing something. So how has... How has all of this, how, like, 
how has your depression impacted your ability to work and do things? Because some people can't even understand how we'd be able to like, people ask me like, well, if you have bipolar disorder, how can you be in school? And I'm like, because well, I've learned to function with it. Is it the same for you where you've just learned to function with it all these years? Uh, I'd say yes. Also, you know, I, I, in the bipolar spectrum, there are people more deeply affected than I am. There are people mm -hmm. less affected than I am. And I, I, it kind of irritates me when I run into someone with that, my, that mentality that, oh, you have bipolar, clearly you are incapable of anything. Right. And it's like, you know, in, because I mean, first of all, it's not true in my case, but even if it were true, like that doesn't mean that I'm useless. It doesn't mean I can't yeah. be capitalistically productive. Therefore I have no value. So like there's that. Yeah. And then, but it's also like, um, there's just different, uh, different levels of how people are affected and all of them need to be taken into consideration when doing this. And like, you know, I, uh, I do work full time and I try to keep up with hobbies and stuff and, you know, things like that. But at the same time, like, I, I feel like I'm doing okay with what I'm doing, but I'm also like, I can't really gauge how well or, or poorly I'm doing because I've never lived someone else's life. Right. You know, like, I don't know what it's like to have a neurotypical brain where none of this stuff is going on. Yeah. And I can say, oh, well, if, you know, as a neurotypical, I could do blank, blank, blank. But as someone with bipolar disorder and other challenges, like I can only do blank and blank. Yeah. And you see, and you know what? The I think this really stems from the people who don't develop it until later in life because you can develop mental illnesses all throughout your entire lifetime so those people who are really stigmatized them all i think is like you could be next buddy <laughs> oh yeah it's true like you it's it's like a combination of genetics and environment and all these things that make it happen and you and i have dealt with like mental illness our entire lives practically. So we don't have a baseline to gauge, but I feel like these comments and stuff that come from people come from like the space of like, oh, well, I knew so-and-so and they did all these things and then they developed bipolar disorder and then they couldn't do all the things. And it's just like, okay, well, uh, I, you learn if you've had a mental illness your entire life, how to, how to like, I shouldn't say like function healthily because I didn't actually get treatment until like four four years ago but 2019 that was four years ago yes um until four years ago I can't say that I functioned in a healthy manner <laughs> before that yeah I learned to function right oh I was just thinking that's um you know that's something else like just because someone was doing something that doesn't mean that they weren't in tremendous pain while they were doing it. That yes. doesn't mean it was sustainable. And yes. clearly if it got to a point where they're no longer doing that, it wasn't sustainable. Yes. So speaking of sustainable, uh, how has your depression improved? Has it improved significantly or from the TMS? Yes, it has definitely improved significantly. I'm you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. Like I, I kind of walked in with no expectations and, yeah. you know, cause I was kind of like, yeah, I'm going to sit in a chair and get a magnet on my brain. It'll be great. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, be didn't, fun. 
I didn't know what to expect to a certain extent. You know, I'd never known anyone who had done this. I'd never like really heard about it before my therapist mentioned it. So I, I was just like, whatever happens, happens. And it has improved so much. And I have just, you know, I, I don't want to say I felt like myself because myself was usually depressed. Yeah. You didn't I, know what, what yourself is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I kind of want to say that I feel like a better version of myself because I actually like, you know, even, you know, my, my husband, like the second or third week of treatment, he kind of looks at me, he's like, you're a lot less stressed out than you usually are. And wow. I was like, yeah, I actually feel less stressed. Like things are not bothering me like they usually do. And I'm, I'm able to like, just get up and do things. And I don't feel like, oh God, this is the biggest, you know, impediment to my day or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm able to, uh, to kind of think again, like I used to just, if I sat down, like I, I do a lot of writing obviously, but, um, you know, it used to be like, I'd sit down and try to write something. And for like a year and a half, I have been coming up with like nothing like the, what I've been publishing has been backlog. Yeah. And, um, and finally, like I sat down and I was like, I, I was able to think clearly. I said exactly what I wanted to say. And I was like, there, there you go. Done. I love it. That's I, I, I say, I love it too much on the podcast. I realized that when I listen to it, like on occasion, I'm like, oh my gosh, I say I love it all the time. I do love all the things. I love them. But I love it for you that you've had this significant improvement because as someone who also has experienced depression, like it's not a fun state to be in. No, absolutely not. It, you know, and it just, I, I feel like so many other problems stem from the feeling of depression because when you're depressed, you want to isolate. Mm -hmm. When you're depressed, you don't want to take care of yourself. So you feel bad about not taking care of yourself. When you're depressed, you don't want to clean. So your yeah. house is a mess. And then that stresses you out. And it just, you know, there's, there's so many things that, you know, if you take depression out of the picture, it's yeah. just easier to, to function. I'll binge eat when I'm depressed so much so that I feel sick because I ate so much food because I just want to feel comfort. But mm -hmm. then my brain doesn't go like, you're going to eat so much that you're going to want to vomit it all up, which I don't vomit it all up, but like, I want it, like, it feels like that, but like I'll binge eat too, which is, which makes you feel worse about yourself. Cause then you're like, I'm so bad. Cause I eat so much. And it's just like, dude, you're depressed. Like you just, it's, it's a bad, very bad coping mechanism that I created as a child um, to deal with depression. And so like, it just, sometimes when I'm depressed, it, that, I fall back on that. And like, maybe when I was a kid, it worked because I didn't have full, I wasn't an adult with a debit card and have full on access to any food I wanted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the ability to, if I'm depressed and can't leave the house, to have it delivered to my front doorstep. Those things didn't exist when I was younger. So like maybe it wasn't like that coping mechanism helped in a way because I couldn't get so full that I'd want it. But now like it's just morphed into this like dangerous thing where I just, I eat way too much. 
not all the time i i have worked on it but it's still like this last depressive episode there was a couple days and i was like i don't want to be sick right now this is so not cool but yeah no i i do the exact same thing for the exact same reason like i comfort eat and then you know however long it is later i'm just like oh gonna puke gonna puke nausea 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 and i've really had to like the only thing that has helped me has been to slow down my eating. And I notice, mm-hmm. like, if I don't, if I eat when I'm just kind of hungry, then I can generally do okay. If I wait to eat and I'm oh, really, until you're really, starving. really hungry, yeah. I will just absolutely stuff my face and just hoover it. Want, yeah, exactly. And just feel so awful yeah. for just hours afterwards. And it's like, this is, this is not worth it. Yeah. This is miserable, Mm -hmm. but yeah. And I also like tried to do different things to where when I was depressed, I, we don't, I don't make a lot of desserts. So I don't want people to think I do, but like on occasion you come across on Pinterest and you're like, well, that sounds really freaking good right now. It is gooey s'mores bars that I really want to make, but mm-hmm. I'm waiting until, uh, until like my whole family's here for Easter, like time spring break time so that I alone am not, because if it's just me and like, you know, a couple of the kids, I, I will eat most of it by myself, but if I have other people now it'll be split up evenly and I won't eat at all. So like, I try to make strategic plannings like that. I won't buy potato chips. Cause that is, I will eat an entire bag of potato chips by myself. Oh yeah. It, it doesn't matter if I'm depressed, if I am hypomanic, if I am just in a normal, whatever I potato chips are my crux. They were like the, the comfort food that I always had. I love potato. I will eat a whole bag, entire bag by myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, same. <laughs> I had to stop buying potato chips. We're on uh, a different uh, a diet now, but um, yeah, no, if I got a potato chip, I could get the family size. It was gone I eat it all. like mm-hmm. 24 hours. It was gone. Oh, no, no. I yeah. could eat it in one sitting. <laughs> the whole family side of the bag right into my mouth and then not feel good afterwards. But, you know, it also depends on the flavor because there's some flavors I'm like, meh, but I'll still like, I don't even, I'm not a big fan of nacho cheese Doritos, but we needed some for a recipe. It's like this Buffalo chicken taco salad thing and whatever was left, guess who ate it all? Me. <laughs> but anyways. I am so glad this has helped you. And I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. And as we wrap up the podcast today, what would you like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? You know, I'd I'd like to say that, you know, medication is great. Medication is fantastic. Medication is needed and necessary. But trying a treatment that is non-medicative, but still backed by science uh, should also be Uh, an option. option. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when it's sticking a magnet on your head several (laughs) times for, you know, eight weeks, it's, you know, when there's scientific studies to show that this has an effect, it's, it's worth a try. And like, honestly, I kept thinking through the first week, I was like, I have to drive 45 minutes each way to get here. Um, have to like, I have to meet my deductible on my insurance, which wasn't very high, but still. Yeah. And I'm just like, is this going to be worth it? Did I make a mistake? Should I be doing this? And you know, it, it absolutely paid off. And even if it didn't, I'm really 
I, I would have been proud of myself that I still tried. And I mean, if it didn't pay off, at least, you know, well, that's not an option for me and you could try something else. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, cause they, we gotta be honest. Science has come leaps and bounds when it comes to treating mental illness. And there are so many like medications, but also so many non-medicated versions because sometimes medications just don't do the trick. Maybe you have a severe reaction. Maybe it's just not working. Like my psychiatrist put me on Wellbutrin for my depression and guess what? Nothing. Not a C. It didn't even like shift it at all. And he was like, oh, well, when he put me on it, he was like, I'm going to put you on Wellbutrin. I think it will really help. It's it's been shown to be really helpful. Mm Mm-mm. Not for me, buddy. Mm-mm. Yeah. And so you're going to find things that don't work for everybody. And so it's good that we have these treatments that aren't lobotomies. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> like, I mean, we just go back like what, like not even a hundred years and we would probably be sitting in a not so nice mental health institute, not even mental psychiatric hospital i don't even want to say mental health institution like it's this beautiful place to go because nowadays like if you are hospitalized for a psychiatric disorder i mean obviously there's exceptions but it could actually be really helpful and a nice experience um if you go to the right place yeah and i it's that thing when people are like oh you could travel into the past where would you travel i'm like nowhere i'm not going to the past like I'd have locked me up somewhere. Yeah. I'd have no medication, no treatment. I'd go nuts. They'd lock me up. Like they used to lock, you know, people up for women up for reading too much in the 1800s. Like, I'm no, absolutely not. I'll go to the future. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We might not want to go back. <laughs> that might be a little scary. Um, but yeah, Star, thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully it'll help people and and know like, even if so far they've tried a whole bunch of things and it's just not working, that there are other things out there that you can try that are FDA approved, not you self-medicating with some shrooms. Um, (laughs) Actually, I was listening, side note, I was listening to, I like to listen to the APA Speaking of Psychology podcast, and she had someone on to talk about psychedelics and treating mental illnesses. And he specifically said on that, Bipolar disorder is not one we treat. We try to like, we don't, because it can trigger, it typically does trigger a manic episode. So that's not something for us, but all these other things that are out there that we can, these tools that we can utilize to help if, if that's what we need. So I really appreciate it. So thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.